Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. I know for most of you all around the world, it is Valentine's Day and all that good gushy shit that comes along with being in love and, you know, going out this weekend since it's fall, since Valentine's Day has fallen on a Friday and you'll probably be spending some time with the ones you love, lust after, or maybe you're a side piece. Uh, over here in y- on the YLP universe, it is NXT Day. And we don't worry about Valentine's Day over here. It is another work day for me. Um, and we are kicking off NXT TakeOver Portland Weekend in proper fashion. And that's how we do things around here. Um, Val- I mean, let me let me break down my thoughts on Valentine's Day. I'm going to piss a lot of people, you, you people off. And what do you mean, you people? Um, deal with it. Um, me personally, Valentine's Day to me is not is just a regular day. It is just a Friday to me. Um, I've never been a fan of Valentine's Day. I believe that Valentine's Day is just another way for companies to get money. Um, you know, card companies are going to make buku, probably make billions of dollars off this shit. Chocolates companies, uh, jewelry companies, you know, stores, all that shit. Um, and to me personally, um, you don't need just one day to celebrate the with the one that you love. Um, that should be shown 365 days a year. In this case, we are in a leap year, so 366 days a year, you should be showing love, affection, respect to the one you love and that you are with. Um, I've just never been a fan of it. Um, I despise the holiday and the fact that it's considered a holiday to some for many moons now. Um, so I'm not. Uh, so Valentine's Day to me is just a regular day. Um, it is Friday, so I'm and I'm here putting my time in and getting this episode of the podcast out to you guys with that being said though i would recommend to all of you who do listen to this episode of the podcast one don't get mad at me for my opinions on valentine's day if you are you know with the one you your significant other the one you are with the one you are dating and all that stuff um enjoy the day i guess enjoy the weekend um uh please you know, make it 50-50, you know, if one person spends X amount of dollars on you, I, I expect that person to get that same reciprocation from you. Um, but what I will say, though, is that I recommend you guys go check out the first episode of Love and War, uh, done by our general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio, King Ricky Rose himself, and the Queen Bee, Kate Murphy. They did an episode... Um, talking about relationships and um, being a professional wrestling fan and all that good stuff. And it is actually, um, the pilot episode is actually on YouTube right now. We got a YouTube. All right. Let that be fucking known real quick. There is a YouTube for us. We's got a YouTube. And I'm proud to say that we has a used to a YouTube, a YouTube, used to, I don't give a shit. Um, we have a YouTube um, so go, so I would highly recommend you guys go check this, uh, episode out. This is the only episode that will be a freebie. All right. This is their first pilot episode. Um, I checked it out earlier today on my lunch break at work and I loved it. I absolutely loved what, uh, Ricky and Kate brought to the table in terms of, um, letting themselves be vulnerable and talking about their past relationships and dating and all that stuff. Um, it is tough 
for a lot of people to actually um, be on a forum and discuss their past relationships and how um, those relationships came and you know turn them into the people that they are today. And me myself, I have been personally single for the last four years. Um, I was in a relationship with um, a woman who had a, ch- a daughter. Um, but my last relationship um, only lasted six months. Um, went sour in the second half of that relationship and pretty much went downhill from there. I'm not really going to get into specifics because those are my experiences. But, you know, ever since then, I've really I've been personally single. And I think I have grown as a person because of that. Um, I am still single. Um, and I'm happy to be single, enjoying my time. And I say in the last four years, um, I've done some extraordinary things. I've done a podcast with my boys, Nick and Kevin, the Wrestling Other Shoes podcast. I have started my own podcast, the Young Lions Perspective podcast. I've started going, I've been going to the gym the last four years and getting my body right. Starting to eat better, um, taking vacations, seeing friends, traveling to different places. I've traveled to Denver and Chicago, Myrtle Beach, of course, where I lived for three years. And now I am part of the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. So for me personally, as a single man on this day, um, I just consider it Friday. It is just, just another day for me as I record episode 169 of the podcast. But I do highly recommend um, you guys go out of your way to check this out. This episode out is the, this is going to be the only freebie you get from the Love and War podcast. Um, again, YouTube.com. Search for Wrestle Attic Radio. I'm already subscribed to it. I loved it. Great episode by uh, King Ricky Rose and the Queen B. Kate Murphy. Do go out of your way if you have uh, less than an hour. If you, it's, it's less than an hour. I think it's like 48 minutes and change. Um, it is a great episode. They talk about some really interesting things from their past relationships. Um, they really go in depth with it as well. And I'm very happy with the uh, with how it came out. Um, so go over there. Subscribe to the Wrestle Edit Radio channel on YouTube. Give it a like. Share it across your, your entire social media. Show some love to the uh, Love and War podcast. And this will be, like I said, this will be the only episode of the pod of this podcast that will be on YouTube. If you're gonna, if you want to watch any more of the episodes, go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/WrestleAddictRadio for a mere 17 cents a day. That's five dollars a month. You will be able to see the second episode and moving forward, all the other episodes, including, um, of course, um, the Kings of the Rings podcast myself the young lions perspective the game changer podcast uh what we'll we, we be doing if you want exclusive access to that patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio and congratulations to kate and ricky for putting out this first episode damn good episode um it was fucking it was, the second i will tell you this right now the second half of this video is absolutely hilarious uh they get they get trust me they get into some they say some things that i'm not gonna talk about on here but it was it was very very fun to watch I was I was so trying so hard not to laugh uncontrollably in the break room on my lunch break. It was hilarious. So shout out to Kate, shout out to Ricky uh, for their pilot episode. Well done, well done, guys. Um, and if you check it out and you like it and you want to see more of it, consider joining our Patreon again. A mere seventeen cents a day, five dollars a month, and you'll be able to check out the Love and War podcast as well as every other exclusive. Uh, content we do we will have on the channel in 2020 so for that after that plug 
Now we can get into the fun shit. Now we can talk about NXT TakeOver Portland preview and predictions. That's what we're going to be doing right now as we get kick off your Valentine's Day weekend. So let's get into it, y'all. NXT TakeOver Portland is finally here. All right. This has probably been one of the better builds um, from last year going into this year. After we got after after war games came came and went, um, they started their I would say they started truly started their build in December, um, right at, in the middle of December when we had Rhea Ripley become the new NXT Women's Champion, defeating Shayna Baszler um, in one of the final episodes of last year. And what I thought was a really solid match across the board, and now, and of course, right after that, we had a number one contender was. Uh, battle royal to determine the new number one contender later on in last month and Bianca Belair became the number one contender now during all of this um, Rhea Ripley had challenged Charlotte to a match at Wrestlemania for the NXT Women's Championship we do know Charlotte was the 2020 Royal Rumble winner for the ladies side and if you want to hear my thoughts on that you can go back to the uh, good the bad and the ugly that was Royal Rumble weekend where I give my thoughts on Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble um, of course I have my opinions on it if you want to go check that out check that there as well as the other episodes I've been putting on since um, I started with the Wrestle Attic Radio Familia back in January 6th but R- Bianca Belair Rhea Ripley is going to be one of those really good matches I think these are two very very strong you know competitors uh, Ripley came on the scene, uh, you know, back in October, challenge, you know, stepping up to the plate against Shayna after pretty much everybody has been had been defeated by Shayna in her dominant run over 400 days as champion. Um, now we have Bianca Belair. I think, and I think this match is going to really attempt to steal the show on Takeover. Now, not only is this the first Takeover that I know of that's going to have six matches on the card. This is the first ever takeover that's going to take place on a Sunday, given the fact that it is not a standalone pay-per-view, given the fact that Vince McMahon, a.k.a. President Petty himself, um, decided to take away NXT TakeOver Houston for Royal Rumble weekend, replace that with Worlds Collide, which, in my honest opinion, was a million times better than what Royal Rumble was on Royal Rumble weekend back uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That's actually two weeks ago which will actually be three. So, now that this is their first standalone pay-per-view and since TakeOver 25 uh, back in the summer of last year, now we get into now. And there have been, these the six matches we have on the card that I've already talked about, uh, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, this is probably their strongest card in a long, long time. I would say, I'd say the last strong card we honestly had I would say even War Games wasn't as strong of a card. Yes, we had two big matches. Um, the card itself was good, but I would even go back to, I would say, honestly, War Games 2018 was probably their strongest or one of the strongest who did it. And this is probably their biggest card that they have going. This is their biggest, biggest card in the last couple of years. And I think that what we're going to see on Sunday is going to be absolutely fucking amazing. Um, considering the fact that Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa is going to be on the card. We're going to be getting the 
match between Balor, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano, which is going to be an absolute banger. Um, I can't wait to see that matchup. That has a chance to be a match of the year candidate. The Undisputed Era defending the NXT Tag Team Championships against the Broserweights, the team of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. We also have Keith Lee taking on Dominic Dajakovic, which has been a long-standing rivalry ever since the early fall of last year. I'd say sometime in September was when they started this feud, and they had four incredible matches um, that have really stolen the show, and these two have proved that they are going to be two of the future of what NXT is going to be in 2020 and 2021. Um, I think these are going to be two major players that we're going to be seeing throughout this year. And I think we're going to see these two put on a fantastic display of athleticism between two big men of the sport. And there's nothing wrong with two Hoss guys going at it in the middle of a ring. Uh, then, finally, we round. We have, of course, the street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, which pretty much start uh, was the, the fire starter was back at NXT TakeOver War Games, where... It was it was a four on the four on four ladies uh, war games match. Dakota Kai was next to come out, and she attacks Tegan Knox. Now the main reason why she did so was because Rhea Ripley chose Mia Yim over Dakota Kai after the attack that she had displayed on Shayna Baszler and her cohorts, the Queen's Army, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, um, using a kendo stick to do her thing. Rhea Ripley was impressed enough to pick Yim over Kai. Kai had attacked Yim earlier on in the pre-show. Um, Yim went down. Yim was not able to compete, and Ripley chose Kai after all was said and done. So it was going to be Ripley, Larray, Kai, and Knox. And Kai, when she came out in her frustration of not being chosen by Ripley, attacked her very best friend, Tegan Knox, which led to this feud that we are going to probably be ending this coming Sunday. And they already have had one match in which Tegan Knox won by using the knee brace that Tegan Knox had taken off of Kai and had as a trophy for quite some time after the attack she had on Tegan. Ooh. Excuse me. So. So now we are here. And I have to say, NXT has done served themselves well to build this feud, build these feuds, and build these matches up properly. Uh, like I said, this is probably their best card in quite some time. And the fact that we're getting six matches on the card instead of the usual five, and every title will be on the line with two non-title matches that have importance and have meaning in terms of, you know. Of course, with Balor and Gargano, the, their feud pretty much, you know, started off with, you know, Balor attacking Gargano when it was going to be thought to be a four on three attack. And Balor turns heel on Gargano, becomes the prince. Um, and pretty much we have and take, took Gargano out of action for three months uh, after a 1916 on the metal ramp, taking him out of action for uh, three months. And now and then he returns. Actually, it was, um, no, it was actually, it was, uh, yeah, it was prior to TakeOver War Games, I know that, uh, which took Gargano out of War Games, and then, I believe, on the December 18th episode of 
NXT on the same night where Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley became women's champion. Cole and Balor went at it for become uh, for the NXT Championship. Balor uh, Gargano returned, um, distracted Balor, screwed over Balor, and Cole retained the NXT Championship. And now we are here at Takeover Portland, and we're gonna see, I believe, one hell of a match between Balor and Gargano. So this card is stacked from top to bottom. There is not one match. Uh, I see on this card, and I'm thinking, this match is going to be the worst. How the hell am I going to pick the worst match on this card? That was my initial thoughts when the final card was placed, and we now know what is what, who's facing who, all that good stuff. And the fact that we're getting a stand, it's a standalone pay-per-view, and that has been sandwiched in between. You know, that Royal Rumble has been sandwiched in between. I'd say Vince McMahon made the wrong decision in taking away NXT TakeOver Houston from NXT, the NXT faithful and placing Portland as a standalone pay-per-view. On top of that, they, all, they were also given another two weeks to have a build. Which, for Triple H and his team over at NXT, which is... A plus for them, for Vince McMahon, F for him for actually making the move, thinking it was a smart idea to take away that. And now, not only is he was he has having to deal with Worlds Collide kicking his ass um, on Royal Rumble weekend, now he has to deal with the other part of the sandwich, uh, the second piece of bread that is NXT TakeOver Portland. And then I think, honestly, it's going to outshine anything uh, that that's going to be involved with Super Letdown, and of course the Elimination Chamber that's going to be coming up later on in March. I expect nothing but greatness from this show. Do I expect it to be an A plus show? No. Do I expect it to be a top tier show? Absolutely. Do I expect it to be a possible contender for Card of the Year? Hell, fucking yeah. This has the potential to be one of the best cards we see all year. Hands down, without question. I can see a lot going on with this. And this this kind of show really, really, really deserves its attention. And deserves a lot of eyes on this. I think a lot of eyes are going to see this card. And they're going to be... Thoroughly impressed with what they are going to see and be brought from the table. Again, Portland has takeover. Portland has a chance to be card of the year. If they do what I think they're going to do on Sunday night, I think they are going to blow the roof off of Portland, and they are literally going to take the world. And this is going to be a card we're going to be talking about for a long, long time. Considering the fact that two months after that, we get takeover. Tampa right after that and that could have the chance to be the one of the better cards of the year so NXT is really starting off on the right foot of course with the worlds collide with the with the co-branded show with NXT UK and now they're for another stand first standalone pay-per-view since takeover 25 in the summer of last year that being said let us finally get into our predictions 
and we're going to start off with the street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Now, I love both of these ladies. I think they're both adorable, but they can also go inside the ring. I think since Tegan Knox has came into NXT, of course, with everything she's gone through with her knee injuries, tearing her ACL in the Mae Young Classic, then tearing it again on, I think, the same knee. Actually, no, on, on her other knee uh, when she was facing uh, Rhea Ripley. Tegan Knox has a lot to prove and has had a lot to prove as of late. Now, I've explained, of course, the fire starter of all this was Kai taking out Knox at TakeOver War Games um, back in November and pretty much almost sealing Team Ripley's fate. I think this would be the this should be a proper opening matchup. I think this will get the crowd right into the swing of things. This will I think the Moda Center in Portland is already gonna t- be torn the roof off. I hope this sells. I really hope this does sell out. I really hope this does sell out because they, this is the kind of card that can sell out a building. If this were in any other city, depending on the arena they were in, this could sell out. I hope it's a sellout. I hope this shows up Vince McMahon and making him thinking, damn, I made a huge mistake placing this as a standalone pay-per-view because I decided to be petty. But um, but now we think back a couple weeks ago, Knox versus Kai. They finally had their one-on-one matchup. LeRae distracted during the matchup and Dakota Kai got her comeuppance with Tegan Knox knocking the living hell out of Kai with the knee brace, um, knocking her out and getting the three count victory. So it makes it pretty easy for me to pick Dakota Kai to win. And I'm going to go with Dakota Kai to defeat Tegan Knox in this matchup. Um, I think this is, this allows Kai and Knox to beat the living hell out of each other for quite a while. I'd say give this at least 20 minutes, let them do some things to each other that normally we wouldn't see uh you have a lot to play with of course this being street fight no rules no disqualifications only pinfalls and submissions in the ring they can do a lot with this i want them to fight all over the building i want them to beat the living hell out of each other without having security having to hold each other back they are going to beat the living shit out of each other and i'm going to love every single second of it now i am a tegan knox guy i love me some tegan knox tegan knox is adorable and can go inside of the ring but i think on this on Sunday, it's not going to be her night. Dakota Kai, I think, gets her comeuppance, gets her one back, and beats Tegan Knox. But Zach, that's 50-50 booking. Why? You know, why wouldn't you know? Why wouldn't you have Knox defeating Kai? Again, street fights allow one person to finally get, get comeuppance on their opponent. And this has been the kind of feud that really has served both ladies well. Um, the one shot, that was the biggest shock we had, one of the biggest shocks we had in 2019 was Kai turning heel. And I stated this back on my old, on my uh, other channel, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, that Dakota Kai's heel turn was one of the biggest heel turns of 2019. Even bigger than Io Shirai's heel turn back in the summer of 2019. 
when she turned on Candice LeRae after her loss in the, the, the steel cage match for the NXT Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler. Kai has to get this one back. And this is going to be, I think this is going to be a great opening match. I hope they open the show with this. Hot crowd in Portland. Portland wants to see some shit. I think you open with this. I really do think you open with this matchup. Get the crowd hot. Get the energy flowing. Get the, you know, get the, you know, get the gauge of the crowd. And let these two beat the living hell out of each other. But I think in the end, Dakota Kai gets the victory and gets one back on Tegan Knox. Now, mind you, the way I formulate, the way I pick these, the, the way I go with the flow of these matches is the way I think the card will go. And again, there is not one match on this card that could be looked at as the the dead match, the you know the downer match, the bathroom break match. Every match in this card is important. But I will go with the first tag, uh, first championship match of the night. I think it will be the NXT Tag Team Championship um, between the Undisputed Era and the Broser Waits, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Now we do know Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne won the 2020 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which earned them a right, the right, which of course on my birthday, a great present for moi himself, which saw the Broser Waits defeat the Grizzly Young Veterans to win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and of course, uh, William Regal made the announcement that the winner of said tournament would get a shot at the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships at Portland. Um, I will, just, I will of course, be discussing their uh, road trip on the, in the next segment when we talk about love-hate NXT for this week. But these two really had only been a tag, literally been a tag team for the entirety of this tournament, and now two weeks later, they're going to be getting a shot at the NXT Tag Team Championships. Um, this kind of plays into the whole Undisputed Prophecy, trying to maintain the prophecy. Of course, one title down with Keith Lee defeating Roderick Strong to become the new North American champion. I'm going with the Broserweights to win the Tag Team Championships. I think this go, like I said, this feeds, this literally continues on with the Undisputed Prophecy pretty much starting to dissipate, starting to get Thanos snapped and starting to float away. Oh, you don't feel so good? That's why it's starting to dissipate. It's starting to, you know, turn into little bitty molecules and starting to float away for good. Again, I've always said, championship reigns don't last forever. All right. I think right now is the right time for the Broserweights to take the division by storm and take over the uh, tag team division. Does this mean that the Undisputed Era is going to be called up? I don't know. I don't think so. Especially given the fact that we have Tampa in, in literally less than two months. I, I do. I, I don't. I, I'll explain everything at the end, but. I expect possibly some rematches maybe going down. I don't know. I don't know what the situation will be. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I think for right now, we continue on with that undisputed prophecy pretty much starting to go up in smoke. I think that's going to be something that 
this, this something that needs to happen is that we need to see some some new blood at the top of the tag team division. I think the Undisputed Era have had a very mighty fine run. Not gonna front on that. We can't we can't you know knock the Undisputed Era's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly from being tag team champions. They have been one of the best tag teams in the history of NXT, hands down. When Red Dragon came into the NXT fold with Adam Cole and became the Undisputed Era that we know and love today. Um, they took the division by storm, and I believe they were only three-time tag team champions in NXT's history. So that tells you something right there since they've been in NXT. Um, but I've said, I even said back in when I talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly that was Rumble weekend, that there, there's now starting to be a chink in the armor. With now, of course, Roddy losing his North American Championship, and now we're going into Portland, and we have both the tag team and the NXT championship on the line. But I do have to go. I'm going to be going with the Broserweights. I think right now is the perfect time for them to take the titles and take the division by storm. Um, I've said time and time again that the Dusty Rhodes Classic does, can, back in 2018, help the resurgence of the tag team division. And I think this definitely can start to begin the beginnings of a new resurgence in the tag team division now it is on nxt to ensure that does actually happen but i think with riddle and dunn taking the titles away from the undisputed era again i know for a fact that the crowd is gonna be hot to see a title change and i don't think you'd want to deny them a title change personally could they have could nxt have undisputed era retain sure i don't think the crowd in portland would like would take kindly to that at all but I can under, I would be able to understand if that were the case. But I think right now with what they're going with what they're dealing with what they got going on, I think that it's time that we see some new blood at the top of the tag team division, and that's why I'm going with Riddle and Dunn to take the titles away from the Undisputed Era this coming Sunday. Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic has been a rivalry that I've really fancied. Uh, yeah, I said fancy. Using my British slang for the day. Feeling quite gallus. <laughs> sure some of my UK brethren would actually appreciate that. Especially I used it in the proper term and context. And I'm feeling quite gallus about this, this prediction. These two literally have put on some great matches in the four matches that we have seen from these two. And the best part about this match in particular is that NXT does the one thing, and I'm sure, and AEW kind of does this too, um, in, in a certain sense with um, Pac and, Ome- and Kenny Omega. Um, they let this shit breathe. Feel me? The last match we saw with Leon Dijakovic was, I believe, back in October with their four-match feud. Their first match ended in a double countout. I believe Dijakovic won the second. Lee won the third. And I think Lee also won the fourth. If I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves me right, because then he started his run of dominance uh, in, in November, uh, which led to him having a banger weekend and had a great weekend for himself. Um, not only competing at war games, 
but also competing in as the one of the last two members of the Survivor Series match with Roman Reigns. So that right there really start, jump-started Keith Lee to becoming North American champion later on, beating Roderick Strong. But Dijakovic has really held his own as well. Of course, the feud that he had with Lee back in the early fall. Then also competing in the War Games match when Riddle was Riddle had to, was um, moved up to face Johnny Gargano at War Games, and Dijakovic took Riddle's place. And I think that was a very, very proper decision by these two. I think they did themselves a very good service to have Dijakovic in this matchup. I think it was the right call. Um, and Dajakovic put on a very solid performance. I'm very pleased with how he did and how he fared in the match and definitely got me really hyped on Dajakovic. And ever since then, he has definitely put on some really good performances. Of course, his most recent one was Damian Priest um, when he defeated him and actually earned the right to face Keith Lee for the North American Championship this Sunday. But I'm going to go with Keith Lee to return. Again, uh, it was just recently that uh, Keith Lee just became the champion. It was a few weeks ago that he defeated Roddy Strong and became the new North American champion. I, of course, think it's too soon. The logical reason is way too soon for Lee to drop the championship. But I expect these two to really beat the hell out of each other and really go at it in a way that I know they have. We've seen a lot of moments from these two in their four matches that they've had. Um, Avalanche Spanish Fly, Avalanche Power Bombs, Big Man Suplex. Uh, big man moon souls they've really done a lot of crazy shit and i and this is and i'm choosing this match as my dark horse candidate for match of the night for the simple fact of what we've already been given as evidence in the last four encounters they've had against each other this has been and the crazy part is when they had their double count out i think double i think dajakovic was the one who went out with injury um for a little bit so they even then going into their second matchup they let it breathe. I think he was out for like, I say a month or something like that. I forget what the injury was, but they even let that match breathe. And they had a match the month after. And then they had two more after that that were really, really solid and got better and better as the feud went on. I was thoroughly impressed. Very happy with the result of all four. And I think Lee Dajakovic number five will probably be the, def- the penultimate matchup. I think this will be the final match we see from these two for quite some time we can revisit it somewhere down the line but right now i think lee right now has all the momentum in the world and i think that keeps going as he defeats dajakovic and don't get it twisted they can have dajakovic win let that be let that be known let's put that let's put that in the air they can have uh dajakovic take the title from lee but i think right now lee has the hot hand lee's lee has the hot hand NXT, I think, knows that. And I think right now would be way too soon for Lee to lose the championship. So I'm going to go with Keith Lee to retain the NXT North American Championship. And what I think... Continuing on with our preview and predictions here. We're only halfway done, so I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. Where are we at here? We got three down, three to go. Now we get into the more important shit. The fun stuff. I think this is the second half of the show. Um, deserves these three matches, and I think this is going to be a crazy part of the night. Uh, let's talk about Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano for a moment. I think this would be the, the fourth match of the night. 
Um, with the way the, with the, I see, the way I see it, I think this would be a the way I'm flowing with it. I think this would be a proper way to just break up the monotony of title matches, and then we can get back into the final two matches of the night. I think those are most the more important matchups. Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano is a match that many people are considering a dream match. I am most definitely considering this a dream match. Uh, a lot of people, upon Finn Balor's arrival, wanted to see a Johnny Gargano Finn Balor match. I was one of those people. I also wanted uh, Balor Champa was a match I wanted to see. I got that. Balor Cole was a match I wanted to see. I got that. I think the last one we check off the list um, for Mr. Finn Balor is Johnny Gargano. Now, if the if Balor has a, another champ, another match at Takeover Tampa. Um, I don't know if that will conclude his NXT run. I don't know how long he's going to be in NXT for. But I think with what he's got going on so far, this is one match I think people are are highly anticipating. For sure. And this is... I, 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 could, I could have easily made this as my Dark Horse match of the night. But I think that deserves... That honor does, does definitely deserves to go to Leon Dajakovic. Balor, Balor Gargano... If you made this the main event of TakeOver Portland, the anticipation for this match, I think, would be super high. Um, no title, and two guys who simply just completely hate each other's guts. Um, yeah, that and pr- that pretty much speaks for itself. I love it. I know you want to see it. My dog said, even told me she was excited for this one. Because she loves Finn Balor for some reason. I don't know. She, well, she's well. She thinks in her mind she's a, she's the queen, and Finn Balor is a prince, so it kind of fits her perfectly. Even though she doesn't wear a crown and she hates wearing clothes, but this kind of is this is surprisingly an easier pick than most sh- should think. Now, considering the entire way that we've gotten to this point, where Balor turned on pretty much everybody in NXT, went full heel. Attack Johnny Gargano, the 1916 on the metal ramp, taking him out for an extended period of time. Now, I'd say three months would be quite extensive, but they said it in the in the promo. So, Johnny Gargano technically has waited three months for this matchup. He was out for like a month and a half. I want to correct myself on that. Um, but Gargano has stated he has been waiting three months for this. And now he's getting a shot at Balor. And Balor told him straight up, you come at the, you come at the Prince, you best not miss. And I guarantee you, Johnny Gargano ain't gonna miss. He is going to make Finn Balor tap out in the center of the ring with Gargano escape. And Portland will watch Finn Balor get his comeuppance. I think I am going with Johnny Gargano to defeat Balor. And here's 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 why. Now, Balor defeating Champa by shenanigans uh, definitely made sense. Balor losing to Adam Cole by way of shenanigans uh, due to Johnny Gargano interference made sense. Now, when we get now that we're here at Portland, Balor Gargano is is going one on one. I think it only makes sense for Johnny to get that victory and get his revenge on Balor for what he had did to him when he hit the 1916 on the metal ramp back in October. But I would honestly say, and I would be a fool that 
to say that Finn Balor's return to NXT, I think, really has up the stock of NXT as of late. Finn Balor, of course, an NXT alumni, NXT living legend, um, longest reigning NXT champion of all time so far. But we'll get into that uh, when we talk about the main event between Cole and Gargano. Uh, not Cole and Gargano, Cole and Champa. My part, I beg your pardon. Um, but I think Johnny has to get this one. He needs this victory. Not simply because he'll be next in line for a championship. Not because, you know, I mean, the thought, I can think of a booking decision of how to get there, how we get to Tampa. Um, but I'll keep that one to myself and keep it to the chest for a little bit uh, before we discuss that. Um, I kind of want to see how it plays out after Sunday night and going into WrestleMania weekend when we get to take over Tampa. If that, if what I'm thinking maybe comes to fruition and we get something and take over Tampa that we needed to see before, a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe a little bit, a little bit of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you're catching my drift here, kids, that could possibly happen. But I, I'm not exactly sure if the NXT is thinking about going that route. I don't know, but I'm going to keep that one to myself and if it gets to that point sometime, I'd say in March, mid-March, as we get closer to take over Tampa, then I'll discuss that with you when we get there. But I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano to defeat Finn Balor, Gargano escape, making Finn tap out, and the crowd in Portland is happy. Um, I think, though, this match is going to be absolute wildfire. Hands down, 100%. This match is going to be complete wildfire from beginning to end. These two are going to do some things I expect them to do. I expect them to exceed my expectations because I think expectations are very, very high for this. And I think NXT knows that. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to go with Gargano to take the victory over Finn Balor. As we get into the final two matches of the night and starting with Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. I don't know if there's any speculation of Bianca going moving up to the main roster. Um, I haven't really seen or heard anything, which is a good thing in my eyes, because I don't think Bianca Belair is quite ready just yet. That's just one man's opinion, something you got to deal with. Um, I think she still has, still has some things to do in NXT before it's time for her to come up. What are they? I don't know as of yet. Um, I haven't really thought about it, nor has it crossed my mind, because... Work's been kicking my ass as of late. I, all I've been thinking about is, damn, can we finish the spring reset, please? I just want to be done with it, over and done with as we go into the spring and we go into different things at my gig. But that is neither here nor there, and I digress. This feud has actually come across very well. I think these are very, two very strong ladies. And I think, as of right now, they are the top tier of the NXT Women's Division, especially now that Sheena Baszler has made her way up to the main roster. And the only thing I'm bummed about is that we don't get that rematch between Baszler and Ripley. Um, can she go back and do that? I think we're already at the point where we can, we are at the point of no return for Baszler coming back to NXT. She is now on Raw. Um, I'm not a big fan of the vampire deal. <laughs> Just, just, just me. Um, I actually thought she was pulling on my Tyson and biting her a bit of her ear off. Um, but then when we saw her coming with the blood, you know, the, on her mouth, I'm thinking, ah, man, they changed the gimmick. Ugh. Vince McMahon's known for that, but I think it was the wrong call to make her a damn vampire. All right, just, just, just me. Um, glad she's on Raw. Glad she made her uh, re-debut. 
or a debut, as the uh, Mr. Matthew Riddell would say. Um, but needless to say that I think this is a mere formality for Rhea Ripley to retain the NXT Women's Championship. I think right now um, they got to build. They got to rebuild and retool the tiers of the division. Um, Bianca Belair, to me, right, like I said, right now, Ripley and Bianca Belair are top tier players. They are the top two right now. And a lot of people are shuffling about, especially with the Tegan Arkanchi uh, deal with her leaving the company um, due to uh, her um, dealings with management. That's neither here nor there, nor nor did I discuss it on the, um, this past, uh, past Monday's episode of the podcast. Um, and if you haven't checked out all the News That Matters, episode 167 of the podcast, do go check that out, please. Uh, show some love for that. I mean, I, I laid down some some facts and talked about some things on that episode. If you have not checked that out yet, um, do please do so after this, of course, uh, and after you have your Valentine's Day uh, funsies with your significant other. Brown chicka wow wow. How you doing? But I think this is going to be a really good matchup. I think this is not on the... Trust me. Let's say this right now. This won't be on the level of Baszler yet. Okay? Uh, and everybody's going to be like, okay, I, uh, I'm going to piss some people off with that one. Um, this will definitely be in on a very good level. I think these two can... De- I mean, from what I've seen with these two in the past couple of weeks, especially what I watched on the Go Home show last night, uh, yeah, these two are going to beat the hell out of each other. Very, very strong ladies. And now, mind you, have, if you've seen Ripley's Instagram, um, Homegirl Swole. Um, now, let's not take anything away from Bianca Belair. Homegirl also powerlifted. And it was, as a former powerlifting champion. Feel me? So, I think she could probably lift um, her boo-thang, chill like a boo-bang, stand by as I like her boo-thang, um, <laughs> Mr. Montez Ford um, of the Street Profits. And uh, I may I say they go very well together. Very, very nice. Black love is a beautiful thing. And they make that shit work. It is beautiful to see um, all that. And on top of that, um, Bianca Belair, fun fact, makes her own clothes. Makes her own gear, which I always love. And she makes some banger shit. I might have to, she, I don't, I might have to holler at her and be like, yo, man, make me some gear. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay. I got, I got, a, little, I got a little scratch. Um, but yeah, she. I love the fact that she makes her own gear. Um, you know, it, it just goes about. And it's the way she, you know carries herself and her character is the EST of NXT. She really brings it home. Uh, and I think she is, I think she can bring Ripley to a very, very good match. Uh, but in the end, I think Ripley right now is the hot hand of the women's division considering the fact that she just won a title a little over a month ago. Little, little, actually, close to two months now. She has, uh, Ripley has been champion. So I think it's way too soon for Ripley to lose a championship. But I think Belair is going to give her every fucking thing she's got. Um, now there are people saying out there, I've seen people would want to see Charlotte interfere and make this triple threat at takeover, uh, not takeover Tampa because they probably won't do it at takeover Tampa at WrestleMania 36. Um, I'm not a fan of that considering that the last time we had a triple threat match at WrestleMania kind of went kind of doo-doo. Y'all know what I'm, y'all know exactly which match I'm talking about. I ain't got to say it. Y'all, you know what it is. And I talked about it. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 35 weekend. Y'all can go check that out on my old shit. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. You can go check that out. And y'all can hear what I talked about. And I did say on that, that match was boring as fuck. And that the Survivor Series matchup between Bailey, Shayna, and Becky from this past Survivor Series um, was way better than the triple threat match we saw at WrestleMania 36. 
Um, let's 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 let facts be facts. That match sucked, and it didn't deserve to be a proper main event at WrestleMania 36. Now, the right woman won, but that match was boring as shit, and the energy in the crowd really wasn't there for that matchup. So the thought of seeing another triple threat match at WrestleMania 36, really, I'm down on right now. If it were to happen, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But as far as seeing it at WrestleMania 36, I don't think that's I don't think that's the right call. I think we should get one on one the winner of the NXT Women's Championship. I'm going with Ripley to go face Charlotte at Mania, and hopefully. Hopefully, Charlotte does what is necessary to put Rhea Ripley over, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And finally, the main event, Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. This has been a beautiful view. Ever since Ciampa came back into the fold, the one thing he has literally focused on is getting Goldie back, the NXT Championship. There has been nothing else on his mind but getting Goldie back. And when he made his return, his in-ring return to the NXT, we all went bananas. I went bananas. Uh, my dog woke the hell up and looked at me like I had 17 heads. That's why I woke her ass up. And it was a beautiful return for a man who had a neck injury that Vince McMahon fucked up on and got him out of action for nine months. But he came back stronger, better. The man's ripped. Let's put facts be facts. Like that is body goals personified. If you want to get back in the gym, you just take take. I have a picture of that. Put that on your wall and and go for that. Now, I don't know what he eat. I don't know what how he does the shit. That's none of my business. But he but for where he's at now, the man's looking swole. The man's looking good. He's looking ripped. He's looking jacked, baby. Got got you know got to show love for that. And the fact that he came back in nine months from an injury that really could have fucked up his entire career speaks volumes Adam Cole as Tommaso Ciampa has stated with a victory over Ciampa would make him the longest reigning NXT champion in the history of the brand and this is the one match that I'm literally torn on every other match easily was, was an easy pick for me Was it kind of made sense to pick these ways Cole versus Ciampa is the hardest one I think I had to pick out of the six for the simple fact that either man could win and it would make sense for both to do so with their case. For Champa, it makes sense to get all Champa wanted was his life back. He wants the title back, the title he never lost, and that is legitimate. He had to relinquish that belt back in Fe- I think it was February. After Vince McMahon fucked him over. Well done there, Chieftain. And Now he wants that title back. For Cole, again, like I stated, a victory over Champa would easily make him the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Um, I believe, let's let's see if we can actually pull this up real quick. I only have a few minutes left, so I'm gonna try to make this very quick. And I should have already had this queued up. I'm a bot, but it, yeah, it bees what it bees. Um, so, let's see. So right now, so as of Right now, the the record is 292 days, which is held by Mr. Finn Balor um, with this. So let's see. I just want to see uh, who, you know. I may, I may have actually made a, I made a, oops. 
Yeah, medium oopsie. List of NFC champions. There we go. That's what I want to see. There we go. There we go. All right, perfect. So, for us looking down the list. So, as of right now, that we see right here, as of February 13th, Adam Cole is at 257 days and counting as of yesterday. Again, a victory for him would make him after we get past, I, I think, I believe at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania weekend would make him the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. He will surpass Finn Balor's reign by at least, I'd say, a couple of days. I, I believe we still have, um, let me see, about six weeks left till WrestleMania. Six or seven weeks till WrestleMania. So that would easily make him the longest reigning champion of all time. So I'm torn at that. The thing is, do you want to have the pull the trigger and give the title back to Champa? Or do you want to hit that mark for Adam Cole and make him the longest reigning champion of all time? It's a very hard call for me. It's a super hard call. I can't believe I don't know where I'm at. And it came down to the last minute before I started recording to get to this. But as much as I want to go with Adam Cole to retain, because y'all know I'm a UE guy. I'm a big Undisputed Era guy. I think right now, Champa becoming the new champion does make sense. And I'm gonna go with Tommaso Champa to become the new NXT champion. I could be I could be regretting this decision. Um, like I said, either man could win this and it would be easily justified for making the call. If Cole won, I ain't gonna be mad. If Champa won, I ain't gonna be mad. I have t-shirts for both and I love both wholeheartedly i think both of these guys personify what nxt is right the fuck now um i think with champa's return i think they kind of want to have that somewhat storybook ending um but and, and it goes along with the undisputed prophecy starting to dissipate um the, like i said championship rings don't last forever it doesn't um, this is nothing. This is nothing against Cole. This is nothing against him. Maybe you know, possibly holding the championship until WrestleMania weekend, drops the title. Yui comes up to the main roster. But I think with what I think they're going to do going into Tampa, I think Champa right now it's his time to get the title back. It is it is his time to get his life back. It is his time to get Goldie back. And I know for a fact. Portland will pop big time for this moment. This match is going to be absolutely spectacular. I think it's going to be a proper main event. This this match this will be the lasting image you will see of Portland. They are going to do everything in their power to steal the fucking show. All right. So let's go for it one more time. I am going with Dakota Kai. I am going with Johnny Gargano. I am going with Rhea Ripley. I am going with the Broserweights. I'm going with Keith Lee. And I'm going to go with Tommaso Ciampa to win back the NXT Championship at TakeOver Portland. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to round out our preview and predictions for NXT TakeOver Portland. This is episode 169 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin.
What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Religious Podcast here. Welcome to episode 169 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here on this Valentine's Day evening. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, 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 I know. I know. Shut up. It's Valentine's Day. I get that. But if you're like me and you are a single man or lady and you are enjoying your Friday night in because you don't feel like seeing all the hullabaloo and all the bullshit nonsense that comes with Valentine's Day. Well, hey, no better place to be than right here listening to episode 169 of the podcast as we kick off NXT TakeOver Portland weekend. And I hope you guys enjoyed my preview and predictions for NXT TakeOver Portland going down this Sunday night, 7 p.m. on the WWE Network. Shameless plug. Please give me my check in the mail. But we get to, but we begin, of course, talking about, of course, love, hate, NXT. That is what you came here for. And not just to heal my beautiful, silky voice. But we got to talk about, of course, the go home episode of NXT. Now, this particular episode for the go home for this particular takeover wasn't the best go home show we've ever seen there's been plenty other go home shows that have blown this episode out of the water this is a good episode though of nxt it definitely accomplished a lot of things um this past wednesday night and i for one was happy with everything that came to the table for the most part um of course it doesn't mean that NXT got out unscathed. I know that yesterday, yesterday's episode of the podcast, 168, hope you guys do check that episode out if you did miss it. Also, please do check out episode 167, uh, the news of the weekend, all the news that matters to you, as I affectionately call it. If you check, if you haven't checked out either of those episodes yet, please do go back and check those out. Show some love for the War Familia. Do check out the latest episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast was with our general manager, Mr. King Ricky Rose himself as he went on his solo trip um, doing his show. And please do check all, all of the latest pod episodes of the King of the Ring podcast and the Game Changer podcast as well. They actually came up with an episode earlier this week. So please do show love to all of the episodes of the, yeah, of course, the Young Lions perspective, the Kings of the Rings podcast and the Game Changer podcast as you see fit, as well as, of course, the debut episode of Love and War, which was beautifully done by Ricky and, of course, the Queen Bee herself, Kate Murphy. Um, if you haven't checked out the episode yet, go on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Radio. If you want to, search Radio. If you can't figure out how to spell either of those words, well, that's a, that's a you problem, not a me problem. And, but, I, but for real, do check those out, and I'll discuss more of how you can get more access to the Love & War podcast at the end of today's episode. But let's get into what I loved about NXT this week. This week, the most important thing, of course, we discussed at the beginning of every every love-hate episode. The most important thing we got out of this episode was Velveteen Dream's second week back from injury uh, that he had. He did suffer a back injury that had him out for at least, I believe, three and a half months. 
Um, of course, at uh, Velveteen Dream was written off of television after the attack by the Undisputed Era on Velveteen Dream, so he can take care of his back and get it all together. But man, did they really? They really came through with this particular segment. Now, um, we started off the night with Roderick Strong coming out to the ring immediately. Started off hot. Fans challenging Velveteen. Uh, uh, going back to what happened last week with the Velveteen Dream's return to NXT, attacking the Undisputed Era, but keeping a big emphasis on one Roderick Strong. And he's, he grabs the mic and basically says, I don't want to insult my friends, but this isn't about the Undisputed Era or even about Keith Lee or the North American Championship. This is between me and the Velveteen Dream. This is about him putting my wife and my son on his tights that is disrespectful disrespectful i should have figured he would cross the line so dream what i'm going to do to you what i'm going to do is i'm going to hurt you i will not regret what i do but i first demand an apology but before dream could have a response out comes bronson reed and may i say Thick Boy himself was feeling some type of way after what happened to him last week with the flying knee that he caught on the jaw from one Roderick Strong. Reed says, comes out with a mic saying, Dream ain't the only man you have a problem with. Now you've got a problem with me and we are going to fight right now. And may I say, and I spoke about this uh, a while back with the, uh, breakout tournament competitors um i am very pleased with the mainly two people in particular from the um actually three people in particular from the nxt breakout tournament that being cameron grimes that being bronson reed and that being angel garza all three of them really have been featured quite well as of late and even uh ever since the breakout tournament concluded um these three have really gone on to do some good things. Bronson Reed has had some solid matches in the ring. Um, Angel Garza is now a former NXT Cruiserweight champion. Cameron Grimes has also had some high-profile matches as well. And Bronson Reed had a really, really nice match with Roderick Strong to open up this week. Uh, this week's episode of NXT. Um, they really, really had Reed have... Um, at one point, Roderick Strong had, you know, he was taking a lot of damage from Bronson Reed. Um, Bronson Reed can go, y'all. He really can go. And I'm very happy with how this match was really portrayed. Um, of course, Strong getting the come from behind victory, the Ozilla splash uh, from the top rope, but he eats a strong knee from Roddy, and that got was enough to get him the victory. But the thing was, towards the end of the matchup, the dream made his presence known. Of course, um, after the superplex from Roderick Strong, goes for the cover, gets a two count out of that. Fans are trading, this is awesome. Reed bails out. Strong wrecks him with a drop kick. Dream made his presence known. Um, he starts his new Titan Trons. Smoke starts billowing into the arena. And Strong is waiting for Velveteen Dream to come out. But turns around. And eats a tope from one Bronson Reed. 
Um, Reed brought Strong back into the ring, went up to the top, ate the knee, ate the pinfall. But more importantly, what happened after that was a big deal. Um, Strong snatches victory from the jaws of defeat, of course. At this point, Dream's mind games aren't working. But then Dream appears in the Titantron saying, do you remember the first time you met your wife, Marina? Because Dream remembers. Dream also remembers what the Undisputed Bullies did to him. It was brilliant, really. You took Dream to the top of the trailer and th- to throw me off. You nearly broke my back and nearly ended the experience. But what if someone took something from you? You lost the title. That's fine. But you still have your family. A wife and a little baby boy. Hi, Troy. What if something happened to you? Because if anything ever did happen, someone, somewhere, would fulfill all of Marina's dreams. And they go hand down to his leg, and in true Rick Rude fashion, as an airbrush design of himself, Marina, and Roddy's son, Troy. On his tights. What a fantastic way to not open up this week's episode of NXT, but to begin the mind games between himself and Roderick Strong. If there's one thing Dream Amos pretty much is, is he loves to play mind games with his opponents. He loves the psychological warfare of, of getting inside his opponent's head. I can even go back to when his first major feud was with Aleister Black. The only thing he wanted out to get out of Aleister Black is to recognize and say his name. When he faced Black, I believe at TakeOver Philly, Dream may have lost the match, but Aleister Black eventually, after the matchup, said his name by saying, enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. So, and ever since then, he has played, he has played his character very well. The Hollywood Hogan salute, the call me up Vince tights, and a lot of people were getting triggered about that because they did not want him to come up that early. I even told y'all it was way too soon for him to come up, and I was right. Velveteen Dream is his character, the way he plays it, plays it very, he plays this shit very well. And I love how he got in into Roddy's head immediately with the tights. Now you've got Strong riled up. And now we know that this coming Wednesday on NXT, after the post-takeover show, we're going to be getting Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. I like that they make this immediate. This is a this should be the main event next week. Hands down. This should be your main event for NXT next week. Something big to look forward to. This is a really big matchup for not only Roderick Strong, but for Velveteen Dream as this is his first match after since his return to NXT. And I don't know if this is the road towards a shot at the North American Championship. I don't know. But right now, step one 
is for Dream to get revenge on Roddy for what he had done to him many moons ago, throwing him off, being thrown off the top of the trailer. They NXT did this segment very well, and I was very, very happy with the result of said segment. All of them, every single one of them really... It was fantastic. It was just simply well done from the Bronson Reed match with Roddy to the post-match uh, segment with um, Velveteen and Roddy. Well done and a great way to open up the first 20-25 minutes of NXT. What The one thing, one thing I loved throughout the night was the Broser Waits trying to figure out their way to Portland. This shit was absolutely fucking hilarious it was just so so good this was fantastic this was really hilarious and i love the fact that riddle and dunn play off each other so well um i honestly think everybody has a little bit of riddle and dunn inside of them you know that crazy wild child side and of course the stoicism and just demeanor of pete dunn you know when you're at work you're a Pete Dunn. When you're outside of it, sometimes you gotta be a little bit of Matt Riddle. Feel me? They play off each other so fucking well. Of course, we all know it's a makeshift pairing in NXT, but this they these two really gel well together. Again, with you know Riddle being the wild one and Dunn being the stoic one of the group. It the the dynamic fits so well between these two. I loved it. I loved all of these segments throughout the night. The first one that we had was, of course. You know, they try to figure out how are they going to get the Dusty Cup from Orlando, Florida, all the way to Portland, Oregon. Of course, they couldn't fly because that would be a lot of, you know, enormous charges um, on your uh, for, you know, getting that on the plane. That's a lot. That's a big thing of luggage. And they didn't want um, anybody mishandling the trophy that they're they have literally been carrying around. They couldn't bring the, the golf cart with them. So Riddle had two words for Pete Dunn. Road trip. And, the, and all I thought was, ah, shit. <laughs> so they load the cup into the back into the convertible and they start taking off. Done driving during the night. Uh, Riddle starting off the road trip. They switch seats. Um, but Dunn forgot that we are in the United States where we drive on the right side of the road. Whereas in the UK, they drive on the left side of the road. For the life of me, I don't understand it, but Ed, that's not our shit, and we don't believe in the metric system as it is. So deal with that. So Dunn's driving on the left side. They almost damn near had a head-on collision, and they had to get out of the way. So Riddle had to remind Dunn, this is America, not foggy London town. We drive on the right side of the road. Dunn pretty much tells Riddle, I'm not even from London. Whatever. The point is. After the getting that after that head-on collision, this should be smooth sailing from here on out. What happened? Not smooth sailing from here on out. Cops show up. Riddle has uh done put his hands on 10 and 2, as you of course you're supposed to do when you're of course, even me when I got I got my license a couple years ago. They teach you how they teach you to put on a 10 and 2. As you know, as this proper hand placement on the wheel. And I, I guess so. People drive with nine and three. Some drive with one hand. You know, some, some you know, just give the middle finger as they're driving or whatever. Um, we've done that shit. I've done it. You've done it. 
my mom's done it. My dog probably did it once in a dream somewhere in these bumble fuck. Who cares? So Riddle's pretty much told him, let me do all the talking. So in the process of all that, their car gets impounded. And Dunn tells Riddle, this is the last time you do the talking. The reason their car got impounded was because neither of them had a fucking license. <laughs> Trust me, fam. I've been there. I've been there. Um, Riddle even tells him, I expected better from you. Dunn tells him, well, if you're so smart, how are we going to get to Portland now? He said, we'll brainstorm that. And then they had, now this is going on through a week long process. Um, with four days left, would they be able to get there in time? So we get to the next segment. And I'm going to find this here in a second. Let me see. Okay. So the second part is so they're on a swan boat in uh, Orlando. I believe they were in Orlando or Miami. And so the brilliant plan was so Dunn asked him, your brilliant plan was to get to Portland on a boat. He tells Dunn, don't be a silly goose, Dunn. And literally, they are in a paddle powered swan boat. He said, the plan's not a boat. This is just me chilling. We need to chill, relax, and rethink our travel plans. And so he gets in that thinking pose, like the, uh, the uh, I forget the name of the statue, the thinking man's pose. And he gets an idea. So we get to the final segment of this whole entire spiel, which was completely hilarious. So they're at the uh, airport in Orlando and Riddle tells Dunn, there she is, a Learjet. Dunn asks, this for us? Yeah, bro, it is flying private. Dunn asks him, how did you pull this off? Riddle's like, I know a guy. Now let's put this loot in the boot. Literally did it with a British accent. I'm not going to try because I don't want to insult my UK uh, fan base. But Dunn asks him, why, why are we the ones loading their own luggage? He says, because, bro, the luggage guys would probably mishandle it, mishandle the trophy and break the cup. Riddle and Dunn get the cup loaded. Then Riddle shoves Dunn in the loadage dock. All right. And we find out it's not even their private jet. It's Triple H's private jet. And as they're leaving, you hear Riddle pretty much say, bro, we're going to Portland. And so that is how they got to Portland, Oregon. They somehow snuck onto the tarmac, got the dusty cup and themselves loaded up into the plane. And they are on Triple H's private jet to Portland. I laughed throughout the entire thing with this. The hijinks these two pulled on each other. Just the, throughout the entire show, it was really, really funny. I was very impressed. I was just laughing everything about this. That was a fun seg. That was a fun three uh, three segment deal they, they had with those th- those two. Um, I like this team. I like the way they just you know got you know their car impounded because neither of them had a license. They had to think on the, you know the plan getting on the tarmac somehow unnoticed which is kind of a weird flex and then somehow getting into triple h's private jet and they got to portland what i do hope for is on sunday when they do their pre-show they have a segment with them landing in portland them getting out of the jet and triple h is just like how the 
how the fuck did you get in my jet? Or something to that matter, because he can't curse. But I would just love to see a segment with them getting out of the plane, Triple H seeing them, security seeing them, and they're just like, what the hell are you doing? And just something to that effect. That would be the ultimate just laughter for me. I would just love to see that if that does go down. That would be absolutely hilarious um, if that does happen. That would be great shit to watch. And I hope that is a thing when we uh, if when we get to Portland. One thing I did not expect from last night, uh, Wednesday night's episode of NXT is the segment that we had from Mark Henry putting over Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee um, ahead of their NXT North American Championship match this Sunday at TakeOver Portland. Henry put them over like a motherfucker. Pretty much, you know, I know great big men and how great big men in wrestling are. Their size and strength are truly larger than life, like something out of a comic, comic books and movies. But today in NXT, they're in two incredible athletes that defy what big men are in wrestling. Keith Lee is 320 pounds, but moves like he's 205. Every time he steps in the squared circle, the guy is a moment maker. If you don't believe me, just watch Survivor Series. Watch the Royal Rumble. He seems almost unstoppable at times. But if there's one guy that can stop him, it's Dominic Dijakovic. At 6'7", 260 pounds. Dominic can step over the top rope like The Undertaker, then springboard off it like Rey Mysterio. The human arsenal and the limitless one have already had a mind-blowing rivalry already. I can't wait to see what they do with a title on the line. Either way, I'll happily feast my eyes and bask in the glory of these two big men bringing out the best in each other and things we've never seen before, all to become North American champion because that's what they do. My God. If nothing else, all right, they really, they allowed, you know, Mark Henry to just get these two over in the best way possible. Mind you, he is a big man, world's strongest man. I loved it. I loved every part of this, and it even got me more hyped to see Lee and Dijakovic, which is why I made this my dark horse for match of the night. I think these two, given what we've seen already between these two, are going to absolutely light it up on Sunday night in Portland, Oregon. These two are absolutely going to do everything they can to claim the NXT North American Championship, and Mark Henry did exactly what he needed to do to get these guys over. Well done. Well done by uh, Mr. Mark Henry. The Cruiserweight Championship scene in NXT as of late has been very fucking great. And it kind of surrounds Garza, Angel Garza, Leo Rush, and Jordan Devlin right now. These are the three top tier guys, I'd say, in the division right now. Garza and Rush faced off against each other to determine who would be the number one contender would be for Devlin's... NXT Cruiserweight Championship, the winner facing Devlin this coming Wednesday on NXT. Um, This match, I think, was better than their first. This was much better than their first. I mean, granted, yes, there was no title on the line, but it was, you know, to determine who would face Devlin for the title. 
I think at this very moment, Leo Rush winning was the right call. Um, I think we can honestly wait until TakeOver Portland to see Garza versus Devlin. I think, you know, they can time this out to get us to Garza Devlin at TakeOver Tampa. It makes it makes sense. It made sense at the moment for Rush to get this spot. Now, do I think Devlin's gonna lose a championship to Rust on Wednesday? No. But I'm sure as hell gonna see Leo Rush try. I'm sure as hell gonna see Leo Rush try to get his title back. Um, again, I said was, I think this was the right call to have Rush beat Garza, especially so given the fact that Garza beat Rush to win the championship. Rush gets his win back. Again, I it's not really 50-50 booking because they're not doing it back to back to back weeks. They're letting matches breathe. And I think that's one key factor that I think NXT and AEW have really figured out is that if you let a feud breathe a little bit, like uh like I said in the um in the last segment with Pac and Kenny Omega, their last match was literally back, I think, in October. If I'm not mistaken, the last match I believe was in October. So you let this breathe for a good three and a half months. And now in two weeks' time, we're gonna see Pac and Omega face off in a 30-minute Iron Man match to conclude their feud. And we're gonna see Rush this coming Wednesday get his shot to get his title back. It's the right call to have Rush win, like Rush win this. This this was very, very this is a well-done match. These two had a great match. And I think every time I've seen, now both times that I've seen Garza and Rush go at it, they really um, made this a well-done matchup. Um, Garza taking off his taking off the pants early, uh, showing how serious he was taking this. They're staring down. Leo starting to speed things up. You know, this was really a well-done back and forth matchup with both men definitely getting in their offense um, early on. Um, with I love how they started the match. You know, Leah goes to the turns on a dime, hops over Garza, slides under. Garza getting around the shove, avoids the come up from him. Um, they keep moving fast. Leo suddenly stops, only to run into a drop kick from Garza. That was a that was a wonderful way to start the matchup. Um, I enjoyed every bit of this. The P the the PK um, to Leo later on in the matchup. You know, the tornado sent on by Leo. On the outside, you know, goes for the cover, gets a two count out of that. Um, seeing the the come up finally, but seeing the goes for the come up and he eats a drop kick to the back. That was fantastic. Um, the you no know, the ender the ending of the match hits the super stunner on uh Garza after the uh three headbutts. Um hits a cravat and then goes for the super stunner. Garza flopping out of the ring. Leo go up going up top, hits the super final hour on the outside. Um, fans going crazy. NXT, NXT goes for the final hour again, but falls right on the guards, knees gets out of it, gets out of the pin for a two count, eats a super kick and then drags Leo up by his head, gets the underhook. Um, Leo gets the cradle counter and Leo gets the victory over Angel Garza. This was a well done cruiserweight match. Garza and Rush. I mean, this, these two have great chemistry with each other in the ring. Play off each other very well. Um, didn't seem like there were any audibles. No botches whatsoever. This is pure 
just cruiserweight action from beginning to end, showing off what the best of the 205 division can do. And this is just another step in the right direction for the cruiserweight division in my eyes. Um, now we're going to see Jordan Devlin on NXT compete, defending the Cruiserweight Championship. This, I think, is going to be Rush versus Devlin. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, this is a nice little placeholder before Devlin and, and Garza. I think they'll, I definitely think they'll face off in Tampa for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I think this match deserves a very good, um, the fact that it's going to be hopefully on WrestleMania weekend. I think it's a very proper way to show off the Cruiserweights in a light, in a proper light, and in a way, get a dig at Vince McMahon when they're on the biggest stage during WrestleMania weekend and they are able to show the world not only just, you know, you know, the fans at home, but people are going to be, it's WrestleMania. You're going to see people from around the world show up in Tampa. Now, I don't know exactly where they're going to be in terms of um, what arena they're going to be in. Um, I don't know the name of the place that the Tampa Bay Lightning play, but they'll probably be in there for that event. And I think that crowd is going to sell that out immediately. And I think in the fact that Garza and Devlin are going to be in that matchup, I hope, I really do hope that matchup does take place at uh, TakeOver Tampa. Because I don't think, I can't think of any other place to see that match. Um, these two can really show the world what the cruiserweights can do when you give them a proper light and proper booking in the process. Let's look at that time here. Okay, we're doing all right so far. So... Let me just see what I want to get into because there really wasn't much. All right, we'll get into a couple of the uh, let's get into the little things real quick before we get to the lat the one big thing I want to end this segment on. So Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae went at it last night. Uh, I should say Wednesday. Um, they had a decent match. Uh, this was a match, a little bit of a grudge match, given the fact that. Um, the last time Candice LeRae got involved with Dakota Kai's business was distracting Dakota Kai. So um, Tegan Knox was able to hit Kai with the with the knee brace and get the victory over Kai. That leads us into the street fight that we're going to see this Sunday between Knox and Kai. This was a decent match. Nothing really to write home about. A solid, a, a decent match nonetheless. Um, Kai does get the victory, keeping your momentum as we head into over Portland this Sunday, but the main thing I want to keep going to guys to get focused on is what she did after the match. Um, of course, uh, I think she got caught in a in a pin little pin action. Let me see here. I just want to get to the ending real quick. If my damn laptop actually wants to act right for once, so right after the lion salt misses, Dakota Kai hops on. Candace pushes her off. Dakota sweeps the legs, goes for the buzzsaw kick, misses that. Candace hits a pump handle German suplex. Um, goes for the Gargano escape. And during the submission, fans rallying and chanting her to front of the tap. Uh, Dakota drags herself over to the ropes, but Candace uses the ropes to roll her away. Um, Dakota tries for the ropes again. Candace goes for a second time, trying to roll her back into the center of the ring, but catches, but pulls the hair, catches her in the roll up and holds her down for the three count. Very well done and clever by Dakota Kai. After the matchup, Candace is pissed. Pursuing the captain, Dakota backing down, but throws Candice right into the ring bell after that. Um, she then uses the actual bell, jamming that into the ribs. Fans booing Dakota, of course. She, per she pursues um, Candice again. Out comes Tegan Knox to attack her. Tegan decking Dakota, raining down angry, uh, angry rights. Security rushing out immediately, saying let them fight. 
Dakota doesn't want any of that, but Tegan runs at the ramp, starts clobbing her again, and they have to, and they force Tegan to get off of Dakota to end that segment. And a big thing I noticed was one Avery Taylor. Um, she's an independent wrestler that um, is based out of Florida, competing in ACW. She's the current women's champion in that promotion. And I've seen her compete. Uh, I haven't seen her compete in other promotions, but she has competed in other promotions as well. Uh, very nice uh, flex to see her on NXT programming on Wednesday night. So uh, much love to Avery Taylor there. This is what happens when you follow people on the indies and then you get to see them and say, oh, I know that girl or I know that dude. We all knew we all knew Stan, right? We all knew Stan because Shawn Michaels just kicked Stan. And if you don't get that reference, just look it up on Google. Shawn Michaels, Stan, you'll get exactly what I'm talking about. Um, let me see here. I don't want to I'm not really going to talk much about Gargano Grimes. Um, this was a, a decent match. Um, again, I t- spoke about it a little bit on the, uh, earlier on in this segment. Um, with Grimes. They, I mean, Grimes is definitely doing well for himself. Getting matches with, you know, high-profile matches. You know, getting some victories. Um, Gargano, he had a good match with Gargano. I'm not going to lie. This is a really good match for Gargano and Grimes. Uh, Gargano did get the victory on this, but they did to get some time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in the end, of course, Gargano um, grabs one for the cave-in. Gargano uh, gets under it. Take a Total World takedown right into the Gargano escape. Grimes immediately tapping um, right away. Gargano getting the submission. And what really, what I loved how this, uh, there you go, how this fight actually came to be was actually, it was a live event from this past Sunday. Cameron Grimes got in the face of Gargano arguing about you know while gargano is facing you know finn balor in portland he's not going to be overlooked whatsoever grimes you know and gargano went and had a little back and forth and william regal made the match for this past wednesday so that was a little nice moment there um really nice to see grimes have a, a really good match upping his stock of course um anything i think at this point with bronson reed with the angel garza's with the Cameron Grimes, it can only go up from here. And I definitely will keep my eye on these three going in as we go further into 2020. Um, I will definitely be keeping my eye on those two. Now, I said, like I said before, Garza has already won titles, already won a championship. Um, I think it may take a little bit longer for Cameron Grimes to get gold as well as Bronson Reed. But I think these three are going to be ones to look out for. Like I always say, um, I do have a watch list and it does get extended by every, with every passing week. And I am going to be adding um, Angel Garza. Well, not Angel Garza because Angel Garza is pretty much top tier cruiserweight now. But I'm going to keep me keeping my eye on Bronson Reed and Cameron Grimes going forward in 2020. I'm really curious to see how NXT really maneuvers them um, going forward. Again, they, I mean, Bronson Reed getting a match with Roderick Strong and Cameron Grimes getting a, a match with Gargano. That does show NXT has some interest in them, and they do possibly have big things for them going into 2020, and I'd definitely say 2021. See ya. But finally, I want to end this segment, because I, I mean, Adam Cole and Kushida, damn good match. That, that's just fun, but I'm, I'm trying to keep us at a, a, somewhat of a limit. What I want to talk about is... Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole. Um, I liked how they had Tommaso Ciampa's, you know, segment before Kushida and Adam Cole on Wednesday night. But more so, we're going to focus on Tommaso Ciampa. 
he watches the dead. Now, this is this is fucking bold. He is watching his old footage of him the day he had to go into full sale to relinquish the NXT championship. That is a great start to the to this particular video package. Champa pretty much says that day I had to give away my life. I vowed to everyone that I'd be back bigger, stronger, and better. But the reality was, I was scared. I could see it in my own eyes all those what if questions. What if I never got to even step in the ring? But now, it's come full circle. And only four days away from Portland. Cole versus Champa for the title that I never lost. But what if Cole wins? What if Cole becomes the longest reigning champion in NXT history? Or what if Cole loses? What if there's one guy that wants it that much more? What if there's one guy who's been through that much more? And what if that guy is Tommaso Ciampa? What if the bell rings in Portland and Ciampa is back as NXT champion? Well, what if it's Champa who goes to NXT TakeOver Tampa for WrestleMania weekend? And then all the eyes of the world are back on me. They say a man is most dangerous when he has nothing to lose. I want Cole to look into my eyes and know exactly how true that statement is. Basically saying everything has now come full circle. In a sense. I had to relinquish the championship nine months, like literally almost a year ago. I had to go through my injuries, get back in the in the full in the actual shape, and then get back into in-ring shape. And now for now technically two days away from Portland. What if there's someone who is just that much better? That much hungrier. That much more ready to be NXT champion. And what if that guy is me? I love this segment. I really did. And I love even love more what happened with Adam Cole and Kushida. They had a really, really fun match. Um, they had a really good matchup. Kushida and Cole, I think, really definitely worked well together just you know it was just fun it was just really cool to see um of course cole getting the win um after a handspring into a super kick uh cover with the cover got a two count cole then runs in for the last shot hits that gets the victory over kushida but what mainly you need to focus on is what happened after the match out comes champa of course, the Blackheart just staring a hole in Adam Cole. No backup. Of course, Bobby Fish and Colorado are already in Portland. And Strong, of course, dealing with the dream. Champa taking this time, circling the ring, climbing the still ship, still steps. All he has his eyes on are Goldie. Right on Cole's shoulder. They circle each other. Cole holding the belt high. Champa promising that in Portland, I take my life back. Cole even said, over my dead body, you do. 
This was powerful, y'all. This was fucking powerful. A powerful way to end this week's NXT Go Home show. And that's the last image we see before we go into Portland this Sunday. A very powerful way to end the show. Um, A lot of, of course, Gargano getting victory. Cole getting momentum. Bianca Belair got a victory over Santana Garrett in less than like two minutes. So that really wasn't anything to write home about. Dakota Kai getting a victory over Candice LeRae in a grudge match. Roddy Strong, you know, now having his eyes on the dream. Even now, they're looking forward after Portland and setting things up. Because we get Dream Strong next week. We get Rush Devlin next week for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which is going to be a fun thing. And then we get to see the fallout from TakeOver Portland. Because now, since NXT is now live on the USA Network, we don't have to worry about... um, a just a regular reaction to take over, you know, because you it used to be before they would started going live, they would just have a post, you know, NXT show that I wouldn't even record. I wouldn't even bother because most of the time I would just simply skip it or I would watch it, but not really record anything. So that particular week, I only had to do technically just one show that week. Um, it would I wouldn't even need to do a NXT show, but now that they are live on the USA Network, I now have to do a post takeover show as I did after War Games, um, which is fun for me because then I get to talk about the fallout of everything. I'm really going to be curious to see what they do after Portland. Who will end up being NXT champion? What will Dream and Strong do against each other next week? How will the fall? How will the match between Rush and Devlin fall and everything else that comes in between? Good show overall, but there was a couple things that I wasn't really feeling. And we'll discuss that in the next segment. So what I want you to do, of course, get yourself a cold beverage if you need to. Get yourself a little snack snack. You know, of course, it is Valentine's Day after all. You know, if, you know, maybe enjoying a little, little chocolate. Maybe you're not even listening to this right now and having a little bit of the swing twang. You know what I mean? Bees with a bees. But or you need to relieve yourself from the facility for, yeah, at the facilities of such. But if you are listening to this podcast, of course, thank you very much for doing so. But when you're done with all that, come right back. And then we're going to talk about what I hated about this week's episode of NXT. Because like I said in the beginning of the episode, or beginning of the segment in particular, they had a good show. But it doesn't mean NXT got out of this go-home show unscathed. We'll be right back. are back with episode 169 of the Young Lions Perspective Love Hate NXT and now we discuss what I hated about NXT this week this is a particular one Um, the Robert Stone brand and Chelsea Green I'm going to take a sip of water before we get into this because well I can so we had Chelsea Green in her debut 
lose to Caden Carter. And now we're going to see Chelsea Green versus Caden Carter 2. This coming Wednesday. Now, to say this is a hate portion of the program is kind of a, a reach for me. It's more concern. Because I do see Chelsea Green possibly becoming a player uh, in 2020. I don't know. Um, but the Robert Stone brand so far to me has been kind of meh. You know what I mean? I see what they're trying to do. Now, we also know that Malcolm Bivens has his own Bivens Enterprises, so on and so forth, and that really hasn't come to anything as of yet either. But I want to focus on Robert Stone and Chelsea Green so far. I'm concerned that this may not end up the way we think it's going to end up. I don't know where the hell it's going to go. Um, I like Chelsea Green. I do. I did, I did see a good portion of her in the indies when she wrestled in Wrestle Circus. And when she was wrestling on Impact, using both of her characters as Chelsea Green and then the wild, wild side of her, which was Laurel Van Ness. And I like that duality that she brought to the table. Now, I don't think necessarily she'll be bringing that to NXT. I think they're going to strictly keep her as just the Chelsea Green side of things. And I may just be saying this early on, but I, like I said, this is not so much what I hated about this week's NXT because this is a really, sol- a really solid go-home show. Um, not much really to be mad about with this as it was, you know, uh, more so for you to be ready and invested in NXT TakeOver Portland this weekend. But I don't know. There's something about the Robert Stone brand and Chelsea Green that just really isn't connecting with me just yet. You feel me? Um, maybe it's because it's still early. Um, you know, I've seen, of course, we had vignettes of Robert Stone and Chelsea, you know, Chelsea Green not being involved in the number of contenders battle royal to determine the number to now determine the number of contender for the NXT Women's Championship, which was won by Bianca Belair. Um, her being at the Royal Rumble, you know, and debuting there. And then lo- and then losing to Caden Carter kind of, I guess, threw a monkey wrench in things. Um, now, I think come this Wednesday, they're probably going to have Green defeat Carter and her get her win back and then start maybe getting a string of victories. I don't know. Um, What concerns me the most is that um, the unknown. And sometimes the unknown can end up leading to good things. Um, One piece in particular, I would say, would probably be, I'd say, Cameron Grimes. Um, Cameron Grimes, to me... After the tournament, it took him a little while to get his footing in NXT. Um, Now, recently, he's really gone on to have some really solid matches. Um, Of course, being involved in a Fatal 4 match to determine the number of contender for the NXT North American Championship. That's a damn good flex um, on Cameron's part and as a sign that NXT does see value in him. Um, Of course, with the Robert Stone brand, 
you know, seeing this get run on NXT in vignettes. Chelsea Green getting run on vignettes um, with Robert Stone. Um, I'm really more so concerned as to what the future of Robert Stone and Chelsea Green entail. They could be they can go about this a number of ways. Of course, I think starting with Green defeating Carter, that would be a solid way to kick off the campaign in a better light for Chelsea and Rob. But then you gotta think this is a this is a brand. This is not just a one pony show. They're going to get more pieces to bring into the stable, into the fold. The concern is for me, the, I think the bigger concern is who they will bring into the table. You understand what I'm saying? Who they are going to bring to the table in, as we go into 2020 and, and, you know, in the months, in the weeks and months that will pass. Um, there really hasn't been any, I mean, there's, you know, of course, Robert has been trying to keep people on his radar. I'm just not exactly sure if this brand has legs just yet. I mean, Yes, getting victories for your your first client is always a good thing and helping, you know, the brand become a thing. And then later on, you'll be able to add more pieces to said brand. But for me personally, um, I'm high on both. It's just I'm concerned that it may not hit the mark in terms of where maybe NXT wants to go with this. But their first piece of business has to get Chelsea Green starting to get to victories. Um, without that, that really doesn't help the case for the Robert Stone brand as a whole, the way they're trying to go about it. Because if your one client isn't getting victories, um, a lot of people won't step or want to have run with the brand. Feel me? That's kind of like Robert Stone is literally just an agent, you know, and a manager of Chelsea Green. So he has to ensure that Green can get the job done. If your first top client of the brand isn't getting the job done, people aren't going to flock towards the brand. The biggest, the one thing I'm concerned about is who they're going to bring into the brand along with Chelsea. Are they going to bring Deanna Perrazzo into the fold as they are good friends? Um, are they going to bring in some fellas um, to be part of the brand? I don't, and that, and that's the biggest thing is the unknown. I don't know who they would bring in. I haven't really thought too much about it, and that's not to say that's a bad thing. It's just there's not. I really haven't looked at anyone um, in NXT who would be specifically fitting to be a part of the Robert Stone brand. My one guess would have been Riddick Moss, um, but unfortunately for him. He got demoted to Monday Night Raw, started becoming the tag team partner of Mojo Rawley, which me personally, I think is the worst thing you could possibly do. And he is now the current reigning and defending 24-7 champion. Whoop-dee-fucking-do. I would have liked to see Moss and Sabatelli be part of the Robert Stone brand. I think that would have been a solid quartet of, of talent, you know, of young talent. You know, Green, Stone, Moss, Sabatelli. That would have been a great way to bring back Moss and Sabatelli because I actually liked Moss and Sabatelli as a tag team before uh, Sabatelli got injured. 
Um, I don't know what the situation is with Sabatelli now, considering the fact that we haven't seen him in a long, long time. I actually thought for a while he got released and got let go. I thought Riddick Moss would have been a proper choice for the Robert Stone brand before he got called up to Raw, which I think was a bad idea. And I think it's not going to really benefit Moss at all, considering how they focus on their mid-card, which on Monday Night Raw is straight doo-doo. I just kind of wanted to bring it to your attention for a minute. You know, just to, if you were really, I don't know if you're focusing on the Robert Stone brand as much as I am. I see all aspects of NXT, good and bad. And right now, this is more so of a concern for me. I know it's a couple weeks early on, you know, they're trying to build this up, but I think the biggest thing I hated about this, and, and it's just racking my brain, is who else they're going to put into this, into the stable that is the Robert Stone brand. For the life of me, I don't know who they would even bring in. Nothing's, like, even thinking about it now, nothing's really popping in my head. And it's a wait and see process. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself the Noam Dar treatment. I'm calming myself down. Calm down, Chieftain, calm down. A wait and see process. But with any new experiment, there are going to be some drawbacks. You know, there are going to be some failures and something and, and the like. I hope this becomes a thing. I hope this becomes a something that NXT can put legs on and have and start running with it. I do hope this does work out because a good 90% of the time, anything they put on NXT TV pans out very well, whether it be a slow start or an instant beautiful happens. Um, so with me, it's not, this is not the, what I hated. It's what I am concerned about with NXT this week. Um, do I think this could work? I always have hope. I'm very optimistic about NXT for a majority of the time. I never really have hate towards NXT. It's it's my favorite brand in WWE today, with NXT being a very, very distant second. Um, just considering the fact that um, now that gap is starting to close a little bit. But with 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 this thing, with this what they got going on with this experiment, I hope this does pan out the way NXT wants it to. I can see that there is a bright future for this. It's just a matter of execution. Can they execute this? the way they want it to and does will it come across well to the fans because i see chelsea green as a heel of course and may i say she is quite the lovely specimen i am just a man i am merely just a man but i keep things in perspective pun not intended and i have to keep this in perspective if this does pan out i'll definitely give it the thumbs up seal of approval from yours truly but a word to the a word of caution to y'all. Not everything always pans out the way we want it to. I d- I can't really get I haven't really seen consensus of what they think about the Robert Stobrand and Chelsea Green just yet. I haven't really seen much. But what I can say is, let's at least be a little bit optimistic about this and see where this goes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude. Episode 169 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, we're going to end the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 170 this Monday of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back.
Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 169 of the Young Lions Perspective, your Valentine's Day edition of Love, Hate, and XT. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you want more exclusive access and more exclusive content from myself, Kate Murphy, King Ricky Rosette, Will Tara Shook, our boy Nate, and of course, Mr. Fretzy himself. Do not hesitate to become a patron and join the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Patreon.com. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio. A mere 17 cents a day will get you exclusive access. That's $5 a month for you math freaks out there, all right? I did the math for you. Shut up. All right. 17 cents a day will get you access to exclusive content we'll be putting up on Patreon. And in 2020, of course, like I stated earlier on in the show, Love and War Episode 1 just came out earlier today. You can go on the Wrestle Attic Radio YouTube and check that out. But after this episode, from here on out, every episode of Love and War will be exclusively on Patreon. So if you like what you saw from today's episode of Love and War, with Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose himself. Do not hesitate to bring your ass over to the Patreon and become a patron and get exclusive content from all of us here at the War Familia. Of course, y'all, you know, if you have any thoughts, opinions about today's episode, thoughts about NXT's Go Home Show, what your thoughts are for this weekend's NXT TakeOver Portland show, what your predictions are for NXT TakeOver Portland, excuse me, do not hesitate to send us. Ooh, I am just... My goodness, that sparkling water had me burping a little bit. My apologies. Send me a voice message. Anchor.fm slash Radio. Send me a voice message. Make sure if you're going to be doing it to me personally, put a little YLP or in the topic you're talking about. You know, sound, sound off. Say what you mean. Stand by what you say. Show me some love. And if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all of your social media. The Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Put it on your Tinder. Put it on your Hinge. Put it on your Bumble. Put it on your LinkedIn. Why not? Hey, it's a beautiful thing when you can share the love and spread the word. Of the Wrestle Addict Radio family. But yeah, of course, you know what I got coming up. Of course, this Monday will be the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was NXT TakeOver Portland. March 2nd will be the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was AEW Revolution. I will be doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was Elimination Chamber. That will be going down later in March. And of course, y'all know April 6th. April 6th, y'all. WrestleMania weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 weekend, My one of my biggest shows of the year. I may even take the day off of work for that one because, honestly, I got we'll be having a lot to talk about in terms of NXT over Tampa and WrestleMania 36, one of the biggest shows of the year. And I know everybody and their grandmama will be doing a post-show show about WrestleMania, a post-show 
about this, but you definitely do not want to miss if this will be your first time checking out the Young Lions perspective and witnessing how I get down when it comes to WrestleMania. Um, it is not one episode that you definitely would not want to miss. And of course, with the Young Lions perspective and the Wrestle Addict Radio family in 2020, we are the alternative professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know most of y'all don't have the Anchor app, and that's fine. You ain't hurting my feelings. Everybody and their grandmother got these you no know, personal favorite streaming apps that they use to listen to podcasts. But if you don't happen to have the Anchor app, and you still want to check out this episode of the podcast and all the other episodes of the Kings of the Rings podcast and, of course, the Game Changer podcast. And I still want y'all to check out the One Night Only special with the Queen Bee herself, Kate Murphy, and the homie Nance. Shout out to Nance. And I did see a Twitter video earlier, and I do want to get in on that if Goldberg beats Bray Wyatt for that universe, for that title. Swear to God, I want in on that, bruv. I want in on that. Let me know. For real, for real. You can find this episode and all the other episodes of the Wrestle Addict Radio family across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, do not hesitate to follow me over on Twitter. I can be followed there at Swade Senator War. That's S U E D E. S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite. Smackdown Live. Every AEW live pay-per-view. Every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. And, of course, every WWE live pay-per-view, whether I like it or not. And on the rare occasion that I'm up at 3, between the hours of 3 a.m. and 4.30 a.m., and I have nothing else better to do because I could not go back to sleep. I do live tweeting for New Japan for wrestling as well. I did do live tweeting for Moxley Suzuki, and I did live tweeting for Naito Kenta. So, yes, it is possible for me to do live tweeting for New Japan for wrestling. So, if you want to follow me over there, at Sweet Senator War. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, which is the mothership of everything that is the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, follow me over there at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Of course, y'all, this Monday, y'all know what it is. I ain't got to explain it to y'all, but I'm going to explain it to you anyway. This Monday evening, episode 170 will be dropping, and we'll be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly that was NXT TakeOver Portland. One of my favorite things to do after a pay-per-view, discuss what happened at the pay-per-view. Um, of course, I'll also be giving you guys my top three matches of the night, my worst match of the night, even though I think there won't be that a bad of a match on the card at all. My MVP for the weekend, and of course, the most important thing, the final grade that I will be giving to NXT TakeOver Portland. You don't want to miss it this Monday night, dropping before Monday Night Raw. Episode 170 of the podcast. Only now, 30 episodes away from that lovely, delicious episode 200. I cannot believe we are so close to that. But, hey, it bees what it bees. But we're first 
We got to make sure we get to 170, 180, and 190. Then we'll get to that lovely 200. And trust me when I tell you, I am thinking of up some plans I got for episode 200. But that's neither here nor there. We got to get to Monday first for episode 170 of the podcast. Now, as y'all know, it is Friday, Valentine's Day weekend. And I know most of y'all are going to be out and about this weekend. You know, you won't, probably won't be listening to this episode until probably Saturday morning. And understandably enough, I totally get your stuff. But if you check it out tonight, much appreciated while you're watching SmackDown, just in case the episode goes left. But if you're going to be out and about tonight, gallivanting and doing is what you do as an adult human. Of course, please do drink responsibly. Do Please do drink one for me, as always. I do prefer vodka if you're going to be drinking that. But if you like rum stuff, hey, I ain't mad at you either, Plankton. But if you're going to be taking that, but do not, please, do not take that drive home. Trust me when I tell you I've known people that have gotten DUIs and it's never a good thing to hear that call from your, your people's, you know, somebody got pulled over because they were driving drunk. Please do take that Uber or that Lyft home. You're better off taking that, paying that $10 charge on your on your debit card than paying five figures for DWI, John, that you have to deal with with lawyer fees and the like. So, again, please do, of course, enjoy yourself responsibly. If you're going to be out for the weekend, enjoy yourself. But make sure you get home responsibly. Trust me, the last thing you would want to do is to hear, you know, your family hear the news that something happened to you while taking that drive home with the whoop whoop behind you. Other than that, guys, that's it for me. I'm going to enjoy my weekend in excellence, which is basically food shopping and going to the gym, which is not really the greatest things, but that I try to live my life the best I can. Uh, <laughs> other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you got your Valentine with you, make sure you, you know, have some fun. Don't do anything weird. And make sure you reciprocate gifts at a good value, of course. And ladies, don't get mad if your man just gets you chocolate. You did it to yourself. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'll see you guys right back here this Monday for episode 170 of the Young Lions Perspective. See ya!